Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh! There it is. Drawing board or... Miro. All our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. podcast of 2024 and we're rocking with you on the dmvr broncos podcast we have like 300 of these coming your way this <laughs> wow. year rolling with super bowl 50 champ todd davis henry chisholm and zach stevens here how was your new year fellas mine was great um was able to bring in the new year with some friends family um had a great time um, didn't get too lit, but I was able to enjoy myself, so it was fun. That's perfect. So yeah. you didn't wake up uh, with a hangover on the new year? No, no. Luckily, I was able to get up and uh, go to the gym, so mm, felt good. Man, yeah, bringing the new year with right. the new energy. Yeah. But I was surprised, man. There wasn't like this big New Year's rush of people mm, at the gym. Yep. Everybody just say, forget it. We're not going to add that to the list this year. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't. Uh, so my gym was funny enough closed yesterday on okay. the new year. So oh. I went this morning and there was just like one face that I didn't recognize. Yeah. So I agree. Are people taking this week off wow. or just this year off? I, I felt know. like people took New Year's Eve off. Mm. Well, yeah, like I didn't see people like you go on Instagram. Usually it's like everybody's at, inst- at like parties and uh-huh. all that sort of stuff. Like I, I felt like nobody really did things for New Year's Eve. Well, Denver was just depressed because the Broncos were eliminated from the playoffs. Sad, wow. Sad, that sad. was a weird day. Yeah. Because, like, they won. Uh-huh. And so everybody's, like, happy, but then also sad. Yeah. Like, I was confused because, like, you wait in the tunnel for, like, all players to come through. Yeah. And I was like, it was, like, right after we found out that they were eliminated. And they're all coming through, and they're, like, screaming and happy and stuff. And I was like, wait, that's weird. And I was like... Oh, they aren't going to find out until they, they get to the locker yet. room yeah. that yeah. they got bad news. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you take it out of your control. Yeah. Yep. Like the that's the only thing you can wish for at the end of the year is that you have full control over mm-hmm. whatever happens with the playoffs and extending your season. Uh, when you give that away, and you know, sometimes it just goes bad. You got to wait to see if somebody else does what you need them to do. Yeah. And and I said this on the post game show, but I was just shocked the way 
that Sean talked about it after the game. He had seemingly, he didn't say this, but the feeling I got was he accepted that the Broncos were out of the playoffs yeah. after they lost to the Patriots, which mm-hmm. is fair. I mean, they had an 80% chance to make the playoffs if they had beat the Patriots and won their remaining games of the season. Um, and it dropped to 5% yep. after not beating the Patriots. Yeah. So 20% um, if they win. and Right. Yeah. So, I mean, just dropped astronomically. And uh, then in the locker room, Todd, that's exactly what players said, is exactly what you said, was yeah. you know, we lost that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It stinks. It's good to win. And now they're focused on getting that ninth win. And it really felt like, you know, with the new year coming up, sometimes people go into uh, do their bad habits a lot. Like they're like, oh, next next year I'm going to hit the gym a lot. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to go this week, yep. the final week of the, <laughs> the old year. They're like, uh, and I'm not going to, dr- I'm going to do dry January. So I'm not going to drink in January. So oh, wow. might as well have a couple right of more now. beers yep. tonight. Uh, it kind of felt like that's what the Broncos were last week. They're like, New year next week, so let's get all the drama out of the way mm. this week with Bench and Russ and everything that came with that. And we're going to dive into that because there's some really interesting pieces that have come out in the past week about where things stand with Russ. But before we mm-hmm. do that, Henry, we haven't got your thoughts on the game. Yeah, it was basically the same game again. <laughs> like, like nothing really changed. You know, you, you expect like... Either Stidham's going to be awesome or Stidham's going to suck. And it's like, oh, no, Stidham's just the exact same as Russ. The offense looks the exact same. I think I I tweeted out the numbers, and it's pretty crazy just to see how similar they were because Russ played the the Chargers four weeks ago. Yep. And I I tweeted a lot. I didn't even realize. Um, So Russ completed. It's not like you. Yeah, no. New year, new me. (laughs) Is that your news resolution? There we go. Uh, no. I, mean, I should actually come up with one. So, yeah. So, Russ, when he went to L.A. to play the Chargers, 21 of 33. Stidham, this week, 20 of 32. <laughs> 224 passing yards for both of them. Crazy. Russ had two touchdowns and interception. Stidham had one touchdown, no interception, so you add one of each. Stidham, six carries, six yards. Russ, six carries, five yards. This was, this was, it was honestly scary. It was. It was the <laughs> like exact how same. how similar their, their uh, performances were. And... For me, I feel like 50 million versus 5 million. That's the thing. It should be a very big drop off. Yeah. And I just, Mm -hmm. we didn't see that. Yep. And that's such a great point because of the difference in contracts. But then also, you throw in on top of that, that was week 14, right? Yeah. So the Broncos had a bye week. So they, Russ had 13 games leading, no, 12 games leading Mm -hmm. up to that game, right? True. So Mm -hmm. how many did Jared Stidham have before this? Mm-hmm. So not only the money, yep. but then Russ had 12 games before that game, and Jared Stidham had zero. You can look at that, and it's really funny how people have looked at that that stat. The, yeah. well, I guess not difference, the exact same stats. Yep. And some people say, well, see, Jared Stidham's no better than Russ, the people mm-hmm. that want to take Russ's side. Uh-huh. And then the other people kind of say what we're saying, and Todd, I definitely lean on your side. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. That's a very damning stat to Russ. Do you agree, Henry? I mean, yeah, but like it's nothing new. <coughs> like I, I'm not all of a sudden thinking like, oh wow, Russ is underperforming. It's kind of just like, yeah, anybody can do what Russ has done, and anybody just went and did what Russ did, and so you're just like, yep, it's. I, I get like you come out of it and you're just like, oh, this this is kind of what you expect. This was the most average outcome. The offense is the exact same, and it's kind of what I expected. You know, one other point that I like have to point out is that. Mm. The weeks prior, everybody was talking about how Sean was calling certain plays to make Russ look bad, and yeah. he wasn't giving him opportunities. 
They were the exact same <laughs> oh, plays. Yeah. Oh, from yeah. slants to bubbles to Javante, mm-hmm. pass behind the line of scrimmage. The couple shots, we took a couple yep. shots. We just didn't have Cortland. But it was the exact same game plan. So if yep. he had an opportunity to make Russ look bad or to have his guy in there to put together some awesome script that he hasn't pulled out of mm-hmm. his bag, he would have done that. Yep. Just this is what like this is what he feels like is the best uh, game plan for the team, and he just needs a quarterback that can execute it. Yep. There weren't as many quarterback runs. That was the one thing. And yes. That, I said that. Didn't but you I mean, say there were six? Well, I mean, like, I, guess I mean, there's like the in those games, yeah. <laughs> but there were no, we didn't see like the read option, Russ. Sometimes you see like that power back, whatever. But yeah, I mean, it was the same thing. Oh, the other thing, I wasn't sure if we'd seen before. They used like that motion with it was Jerry who ran it, and it's like the the new Dolphins motion where you like you you like are running sideways at the snap and then turn up field, and so you uh-huh. kind of get the head start. I feel like the Broncos might have done that once at some point. But I wasn't sure. But that's that's one play. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, it was the exact same offense. Well, and speaking of one play, uh, Todd, last week on the Inside Scoop, you broke down one play where Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy's just about to come open, uh-huh. right at the numbers, about 15 yards downfield. There's a little opening for Russ to potentially step up if he wants to or just stay right in the pocket. Yep. But instead... He panics because there's a a middle linebacker that's about to come through the hole. He panics, turns his back, runs straight into a sack. That nearly exact play happened, and it turned into the 54-yard touchdown to Lil' Jordan Humphrey. Now, Mm -hmm. Lil' Jordan Humphrey did a ton to have that play go through, but instead, there's that exact same area that's open in the pocket. Stidham steps, runs up into it, and then hits little Jordan Humphrey nearly on the exact same route, exact same spot that Jerry Judy would have been the week before. Um, hits him inside the numbers, yep. 15 yards downfield. That's the inner intermediate spot in the middle of the field that Russell Wilson never capitalized on. And then obviously little Jordan Humphrey does the rest, and it's For a sure. great play from him. <laughs> but even if even if that little Jordan doesn't break literally five tackles to get a touchdown on still that, still a great play. It's still a great play. It's still a first down. The quarterback did what. Sean Payton wanted him to do and that is just one play but to me and back-to-back weeks especially because you broke the the Russ one down perfectly the week before and then six days later we see Jared Stidham do the complete opposite and make a big play out of it that to me is something that on Monday morning even though the Broncos only put up 16 points Uh that Sean looks to and says I made the right call bench and russ and whether or not it's the right call moving forward and with the dead cap and we'll get into all of that sean says in this game i made the right call because of that play yeah i think so i think it speaks to the opportunities that were there and not uh capitalized upon so mm-hmm. jared Stidham was able to do um and in some ways what russ couldn't um and find you know little jordan humphreys on that play um uh, and if you watch the tape there's a couple more opportunities i feel like uh he wishes he could have back, whether it was slants or finding guys throughout the field. Mm-hmm. Like he was finding the open guy. I just feel like he couldn't always connect with them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other thing that is also kind of crazy about the similarities, Jerry's drops. Like, like <laughs> that's, that's gonna be is like you go and you're like, well, yeah. I mean, it's two twenty four, but also Jerry really could have helped him out with a couple of those early on. Uh-huh. And then somebody tweeted like the clips of that first Charger game. I was like, oh, right, that was that game where it's like <laughs> Jerry took the really big second step to right. not get the touchdown. Had like the one downfield. Yep. It's like, ah, uh, 
when you're talking about how this offense, like, yeah, Stidham didn't, like, make it this whole new great thing. Russ obviously has had the kind of the same thing all year. There is more to it than just the quarterback. I still really think that. And, and again, like, you don't have court out there this week and all that, but, you know, one more just really good receiver yeah. or if the pocket's just a little bit better, you get that tight end who can just open things up. You know, the running game, again, I mean, Jaleel looked nice, but Javante, 15 carries, 41 yards, like, if you give one of them a running game that's a little bit stronger, like, what does it look like? Like, it's, I think that was the big takeaway to me was that, I'm not going to say Broncos don't have a quarterback problem, but they have more than just a quarterback problem. Oh, with without a doubt. And that's an unfortunate thing. And now you're mm -hmm. not going to have a lot of money if you move on from Russ yeah. in order to get those other pieces around. But actually, that's one point that I hadn't thought about. Russ has had Cortland Sutton. Russ has had mm -hmm. Marvin Mims. Marvin, really good at the beginning of the season, then they just didn't use him. He yeah. fell off. Um, but Cortland Sutton, without a doubt, has been the Broncos' best offensive play, offensive mm -hmm. skill position player, sure. at least this year. Um, and Jared Sim didn't have him, didn't have the third best receiver in Marvin Mims, third or fourth best receiver, but didn't have the true number one receiver that Russ had yep. in week 14. And he was still able to put up nearly those exact same numbers and now i'm sure we could look back at that chargers game i'm not just trying to bash russ that's not what this is we could look back at the chargers game and jerry like you said dropped one that could have added to russ's stat sheet touchdowns and yards wise but how about that deep ball that jared had that hit philip dorsett right in the hands mm -hmm. now it was tip two so I, i'm not putting it all on philip dorsett but i mean there was there was also opportunities left on the table mm -hmm. by the broncos receivers for jared too oh there yeah were. there were i mean it's just i think you know it's funny because i watched the game last night where there was a very very dominant uh quarterback we don't have to mention his name but yeah huh. even when the ball was you tipped, talk about him. Huh. even when the ball was tipped the player was able to come up with it because it was such a great pass and I'm just going to mention his name. Yep. Penix, man, I feel like <laughs> I've been going on and on saying yep, he's yep. the man. And if you watched the game last night, I don't know how you could have any other uh, or make any other statement. Mm -hmm. He is hitting guys in stride. Guys aren't even reaching mm -hmm. out for the football. They're literally running and it's dropping right in. Like, yep. insane. I, he needs to be in orange and blue. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it takes. Mm -hmm. sell, sell the farm. Yep. And go get Penix. When did you first say the Broncos need to go get Penix? That was like three months ago. Yeah, for three sure. Three months ago. Early. Yeah. So, so you've been on that train for a while. I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong. I did my like uh, 24 predictions for 2024, which you guys should go read at thedmvr.com. Um, I think I got some fun ones. But so I, in the morning, I put it out, and and in there, the, I have the Broncos taking Michael Penix in the first round. Yeah. And everybody was like, "What the hell are you talking about? Nobody's <laughs> taking him in the first round." Like. That's just absurd. Like the the injuries, he's not going before the third round. Like you're crazy. They're gonna and and then after the game, yeah, or even at <laughs> halftime of the game, everybody's like, Penix. Oh, this would be awesome. This would be so good. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about that one. That people it's like nobody watched him because I mean he wasn't in the SEC or right. mm -hmm. uh, because he had four injuries. Yeah, he did. But at the same time, the accuracy that he has and the way that he's able to stand in the pocket yeah. and make throws and even be able to use his legs just enough. Enough. Yeah. To find the open receiver, man, that well, kid is nice. And what he's so good at is, like, he gives his receiver a chance. Mm -hmm. And when you have, like, two incredible receivers, 
it sure does look good. Like, we have, like, Odunze, for example, who you're just running down there. It's like, oh, yeah, defender's got his back turned. You can just drift it right over the defender's helmet and, and give him a chance to go make the catch. It looks really nice. But sometimes in my mind, you, like, plug in the Broncos receivers, and Court can make all those catches. We know that. But, like, do those other guys make plays for him? Um, but, but I don't know. That can't be a reason to not like Penix. Exactly. Because, like, if that doesn't work out, then you just need new receivers. And we can't shade him if we didn't shade Joe Burrow. Jabril had exactly. arguably the best wide receiving core of all time in college football. <laughs> yep. If we can't, if we didn't slight him for who he had, we can't slight exactly. Penix. And then what? One hundred percent. And then what did the Bengals do? Went and got him Jamar Chase. Uh huh. So I don't know You're not how to get Penix and Rome. I know, I know, yeah, <laughs> but you get like Odunze, but then they also have like that McMillan guy who's also awesome. I'm not sure if he's draft eligible. Uh, eligible. I haven't like looked into all that stuff the Broncos yet. Broncos have McMillan. Uh, don't you want another <laughs> one on so, each side of the ball like maybe i don't know it would be crazy for sean to find a way to get back into the first round since you get both of those guys but if you did i would love that like then all of a sudden Stop. like it, i mean it, it would make sense though like that's a good bet like just keep that chemistry going you know you have something that works there i mean i, I'd be I would love it but uh-huh. that's like saying uh if the Bengals, if Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow were in the same draft, like, man, if there's any way the Bengals can get Joe Burrow at yeah. one and then trade up to five <laughs> to get yeah. Jamar Chase. Neither like, of them are going top yeah, five. It, it is a great, oh, and that's where we disagree. And we're really, really going to get into this <laughs> oh, tomorrow. Wow. Um, Henry, uh, well, we actually all look good uh, on this beat in terms of Michael Penix. Todd? Yep. You were on it before anyone else mm-hmm. months ago. And in fact, someone in the comment section to start this pod said, Todd was right. Penix <laughs> is him. And it certainly looks like it. And we got tons of Michael Penix talk to get into um, mm-hmm. tomorrow. We're actually going to really dive into that. Um, Henry is trying to be all smart saying yesterday he said how the Broncos are going to get Penix. Mm. Well, Ryan and I over this weekend put it in writing before Henry mm. to say that uh, the Broncos... We're going to land Michael Penix potentially. So, But credit to all of us. Mm-hmm. We were all on it before yesterday. And um, yep. and I, I, I uh, will say, one week after Todd said it's Penix, I, I also said, Todd, <laughs> I think Todd Does is right. Does anyone else remember that? Yes, we, I will run the tape. I'm going to go find that because I'm, Penix, Penix is Todd's guy. He was there first. <laughs> well, how about this? I've been on there, though. Over at Bet365, Michael Penix is plus three thousand three hundred to be the number one overall pick in the draft and i bet 24 hours ago before yesterday uh-huh. he was probably at plus five thousand or something yeah. like that his stock skyrocketed yesterday by far more than anyone's and now he has an opportunity to have it skyrocket even more in the national championship game did you guys see what the odds are for Michael Penix in Washington playing Michigan next week. No, but no I'm, I'm betting I don't on him. I want to see it. I'm betting on him. Plus four and a half. Okay. So wait, Washington's up? No, dogs. No, they're going oh, 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 by four and a half. Yeah. And uh, I mean, four and a half for the better quarterback. I like that yeah. over at Bet365. And speaking of Bet365, they are going to give you an option. When you use the code DNVR365, they're going to give you the option to either have um, a $1,000 first bet safety net of $1,000. If your qualifying bet loses, you'll receive that in bonus bets back. Or if you place a $5 bet, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets after you use the code DNVR365. So, if you like Michael Penix to the Broncos, you'll be able to bet on that pretty soon over at uh, Bet365. If you like 
Michigan to cover the four and a half. You can bet on that over at DNV or over at Bet365 by using that code DNVR365. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit WW or, or no, yeah, or text 1 800 Gambler. So make sure to check them out and please gamble responsibly. You must be physically located in Colorado and 21 and older. And if you want to see Penix live and in action, check out our friends over at Game Time, mm-hmm. uh, where you can find game tickets for basketball, football, whatever your sporting event. Um, game time has it all and I love game time personally Uh, I've used it about three or four times this year to go to Nuggets games and just to you know be honest I actually have a plug on Nuggets tickets somebody Mm, that you know can get me some really good tickets at a really good price and sometimes game time beats them out and so even though I love them and love the Nuggets you know I'm saying I get my plug and connection I even go to game time to get Mm -hmm. some tickets even when I have that connection so game time is it and the great thing about them is they have uh, all-in pricing. So you don't have to yeah. worry about the fees or not understanding what it's going to be until you get to your cart. You see it right there. You can choose what you want, and they'll definitely get you covered. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Down to- download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code DMVR for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DNVR for $20 off. What would you guys guess over at game time for the national championship game in Houston? The cheapest ticket is all in on game time right now. 1500. I'll say 200. You are so far off, Henry. Really? Todd, you are so close. <laughs> really? 1398. Yeah, really? this is like this is big time. Yeah. It's like the Super Bowl. <laughs> like you're not getting the Super Bowl for 200. I remember looking last year. I guess that was the that was yeah, because last year the Montana Montana State game, it was like totally. No, 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 It was it was more expensive to get into that than either of the semifinals. Uh, so that's where I was like basing it off of because that was where it was like four fifty. But I guess the championship does probably. It's different uh, than a semifinal. I wonder. What I thought these, it'd be kind of similar. I w- if Texas had pulled off that insane comeback, which they had no business being in, but they were what twelve yards away yeah. from winning. Yeah. If they would have won, because this game is in Houston, I wonder what those prices. It would have be. been even worse. Yeah, because I exactly. feel like. You got to go off of like the fan base and uh, all the sponsors and and Mm -hmm. boosters for the school. Mm, Like Texas is all oil money. Like (laughs) everybody's going to that game. And the other thing about Texas is that that's like a recruiting hotbed. Yep. Like I bet both these teams have at least like 20 guys from Texas. And so you got like all the family and friends and all that Mm. out there too. So like if you've been playing this in like nebraska or something it wouldn't cost nearly as much to get in yeah. do you think which they would never do with nil money do you think the kids the players are now having to buy these for expensive sure. tickets for their man yeah i would imagine yeah yeah you better have a good check to buy some 1500 <laughs> yes. tickets too or oh. everyone's becoming best friends with arch manning yeah, since yeah. he's worth like 10 <laughs> wow. million now exactly. hey my parents really want to come watch me play in this can you help me out here you think they- peyton will be there <laughs> well they didn't win Oh, that's right. Yeah, of course. yeah. yeah. I'm and exactly. did you see how they were just trying to like uh, reel us in a little bit, having him warm up on the yeah. sidelines, <laughs> yeah. put his helmet on? Yep. They knew the whole time and he the, wasn't so going. They're bad. like, "Hey, announcers, me- mention this, yep. mention this." Yep. They did. <laughs> oh, how about the picture at media day of the starting quarterback of Texas, who's having a great year, oh, Quinn yeah. Ewers? Yep. No one's talking to him. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking to Arch, <laughs> and then he's literally the picture is of Quinn turning his head to look, and it's yeah. just like, damn, it's big that's time. sad. Yeah, <laughs> yep. it is. All right, speaking a big time, that has kind of happened in Denver. Yeah, Russell Wilson sitting at the table, getting paid fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. 
and he's turning his shoulder over, looking at Jared Stidham get all of this attention yep. over the past week, and it's just a situation that no one saw 18 months ago. Maybe 11 months ago, people could have maybe saw it coming, but probably not this soon, especially with what the ramifications are. But there's been so many developments. Let's take a step back and kind of reset where mm -hmm. we are and get all the details about what's happened this past week with Russ and Sean and the Broncos and Jared Stidham to see what it means moving forward because yep. there's some very interesting things um, that I want to make sure we throw, all, we throw out there. So it's Tuesday right now. Wednesday of last week, it was announced that Sean Payton has made the decision to bench Russell Wilson for Jared Stidham. Then that day, Sean Payton made it very clear that mm -hmm. this was for performance purposes. Of course, he said there's economics involved, but this was for performance purposes. He said Russell Wilson was going to be the backup. Then about an hour later, reports start to come out mm -hmm. that in... Uh, the Broncos bye week after beating the Chiefs, the Broncos asked Russell Wilson, or as the report said, threatened Russell Wilson, that if he didn't mm -hmm. uh, push back his injury guarantees a full year, that he was going to be benched. Russ said, nope, not doing that. Mm -hmm. The Broncos did not bench him until, of course, last <laughs> week. The NFLPA got involved. The NFL got involved. The NFLPA said, if you do this, you are violating his contract mm -hmm. and we'll be able to sue you. That report came out later. Um, and then so there was a lot of speculation. Well, is Russ actually going to be benched or, or actually going to be the backup? Turns out he was. Yep. Sean Payton stuck to his word. And when Sean was asked about that on Friday, he said, Yes, he's going to be the backup. I already told you that, and I'm the one making decisions around here, so yep. he is going to be the backup. Turned out he was the backup. He was not inactive, so it was not the Derek Carr situation that we saw a year ago where, crazy enough, Jarrett Stidham was the one to step in with the Raiders for the final two games of last season. Then Russell Wilson talked on Friday for the first time since all of this happened, and Russ confirmed. They came up to me in the bye week and said, if I did not wave or push back my injury guarantees that they were going to bench me. And I told them no. Um, and we have a clip of Russ talking about this, which we'll get to in a second. Sunday comes around. Russ does, in fact, he is the backup. Jarrett Stidham goes out and plays. And then we found out yesterday that for week 18, it is going to be Jarrett Stidham starting. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson is going to be the backup. So that's kind of the short of, of everything that happened this past week. Did I miss any details? Here? No, no, I think you got it. So what does this mean moving forward? Well, first, let's hear <coughs> from Sean and Russ, because in terms of the future, mm -hmm. they both said some very interesting things. So this is Russ talking about what happened and taking us through just his thought process in terms of the future as well. So this was Russ talking for the very first time. You can hear the emotion in his voice. You can feel it. And this is a long clip, but I want to make sure that, that everyone can hear exactly what Russ had to say. Yeah. What can you say about that? Yeah, they, they just they, uh, during the we beat the Chiefs. They they came up to me during the um, they came up to me during the uh, bye week and began the bye week on Monday or Tuesday. And they told me that uh, if I didn't change my contract, my injury guarantee, that I'd be uh, you know that I'd, I'd be benched for the rest of the year. And uh, for I don't know, I think we had nine games left or so. Uh, I was definitely disappointed about it, and uh, it was a process throughout the whole week, um, for a whole bye week, and. Um, you know, it was, it was uh, 
you know, we, we just came off beating the Chiefs, played a pretty good game against the Chiefs. We just came off of that. So I was excited, obviously, for us to fight for the playoffs and get on a hot streak. And, um, you know, and then uh, you know, NFLPA and NFL got involved or whatever, I think, but at some point. But I, I think, you know, for me, you know, I just, you know, I, I came here to, to, um, to play here, um, to, to, to win. I knew it was going to be a process to, to uh, you know, you know, I signed a seven-year deal to, you know, for us to go and play hard, and that's my goal every every time I step into the white lines, is give everything I have. You know, I want to be here, I want to play here, I want to be able to win here, I want to win championships here, I want to give my all every week. You know, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the score is, and um, you know, and uh, I, I want to be the best teammate and leader that I can be in the midst of it all. Um, you know, and so, you know, that's why I was out here at practice every day, and you know. I told I told Jared I'd, I'd help him and lead him and do whatever it takes and keep the guys going and try to lead the right way. You know and that's all I know. I don't know anything else. I think winning winning is a habit, mentality wise, focus wise, and uh, you know the approach. No matter um, if you're the one, if you're the two, no matter what, should never change. And uh, I, I love this game. Um, I love this team, uh, and um, I love the, the teammates that I got too. And uh, I just you know um, it's a disappointing thing for sure. Uh, it's definitely been. T- uh, tough on me for the past several weeks, you know, knowing it and all that. But at the same time, you know, I, I love this game and what God's granted me with. So we get your Straight from Russ's mouth. And I did miss one very important detail. Todd, you pointed it out because of something Russ said. Yeah, he was talking about they. They came up to me. They spoke to me and told me I would be benched. Uh, my question is, who is they? Mm. Because usually this is not a conversation for a head coach. Um, I've gone through contract negotiations more than once by being tendered, um, going to the Vikings, going to the um, get my second contract. Mm-hmm. This is a conversation that the GM has with your mm-hmm. agent. Mm. Um, I'm not saying Sean Payton didn't know it may happen, but I'm not saying that Sean Payton led this conversation or was the one to quote unquote threaten him. Um, and I think that both. I guess statements could be true. Mm. Sean Payton could want to have bench Russ for because of how he played, and George Payton could have wanted to sit Russ down because of the injury mm-hmm. um, settlement. Mm. So I think they very much could be true, and both of them kind of looked at each other like, hey, I'm ready to sit him down, and hey, we need to sit him down. Mm. Okay, let's, let's sit him down. I don't think that it had to be that Sean was lying and you know that he was involved with the threat, but then I just, I just see both sides. That is huge in this entire thing because of how it went down, but also future ramifications. That part is huge because the one detail that I missed about everything that's happened this past week is Sean Payton being adamant. Wednesday when he benched him, Friday when we talked to him next, and then after the game as well, he was adamant. And the word he used, he said, I was not privy to these conversations about having uh, asking Russ to waive the injury guarantee. And then so... One, I think that could be big for the future of if this does go to litigation, if the Broncos do move on from Russ and the NFLPA tries to save some of Russ's contract by saying, no, they benched him uh, because he wouldn't waive those injury guarantees. Sean can say exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. No, I benched him for, 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 for performance because I wasn't involved in those those contract talks. And then also, mm-hmm. I didn't bench him yep. after he didn't waive the injury guarantees. I waited, what? Seven weeks? I think there was there was seven weeks before he actually benched. That is a lot of time. So that's a very key thing to notice, Todd. And it makes sense that Sean wouldn't be the one who has that conversation. Because like you just have to imagine how that plays out. So you're like, okay, it's Monday. 
I'm Sean Payton. I go up to Russell and say, like, hey, I want to rework your, your contract. Like, we need to do all these things. And he's like, well, hell no, we're not going to do that. And then all of a sudden, two days later, you're just, like, back to talking football. Like, it's like, hey, this is this is this route that we're going to have, like, Jerry run this week. We think it's going to come up against, like, that relationship can't be, like, weighed down by the fact that you're asking him to give back money. That's why you send George in there to do it, uh-huh. because Russ can hate George. If Russ hates Sean, that just creates a toxic environment between your coach and your, your starting quarterback over the course of the next, like, rest of the season. Like, that's not something that gets better, so... Having Sean have that conversation, first of all, it's just a thing that never happens. Like, that's not the coach's job. But also, there's a reason it's not the coach's job because then it would just be uncomfortable. I've never. And I think there's so many details within contracts that Mm -hmm. it would be hard for me to even believe that Sean knew every detail of Russ's contract. Yeah. Yeah, you know, usually, just like me, you know how much the guy is making and for how Mm -hmm. long. And that's kind of the gist of like mm-hmm. my, you know, most coaches' understanding of it. There's 53 players on this roster. I don't know everybody's guarantee. I don't mm-hmm. know their split. I don't know their injury split. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they go to IR. Where we're paying them. Like that's too many details mm-hmm. for me to try to figure out for every single player. So, and even even I think uh, they brought it up that they talked about this last year. Didn't didn't he say that? So there was a report that came out, which we'll get into in just a second, that said this offseason, uh-huh. this summer, they okay, approached, this summer. They approached uh, Russ with this as well, which is the first time we've heard that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've never done uh, sketchy enough things to need intermediaries, mm-hmm. but what I see from some movies, sometimes <laughs> it's good to have some intermediaries. Yeah, yeah. And the Broncos set themselves up perfectly mm-hmm. with this because of using the intermediary where it's not Sean talking straight to Russ. It's... Yep. George talking to Russ's agent. And then, of course, things blow up. But there's a little wiggle room there that's going to be key. Now, Sean talked about he and Russ's relationship, kind of what you're pointing to, Henry. And he Mm -hmm. said something very interesting as well that I want to get into. After I tell you about Baxter and Shanker, if you need to sue anyone, whether it's for something like this, a workplace accident, Mm -hmm. or if you're involved in an auto, truck, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrian accident, they are there for you and smash the two if you need to sue. That's 222-2222 or visit them at coloradolaw.net where when you call them, they're going to give you a free consultation. They're going to work on your case for free. You only pay them when they win you your money. That's probably the contract that the Broncos wish they had with Russ. They only had to pay him when he won games for them. Not the case with Bacchus and Shanker, where you only pay them when they win for you. So check them out if you're involved in any sort of accident over a 222-2222. And check out Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, yeah, my family was in town this weekend, went to the tailgate before the game yesterday, and had a bunch of those free Breckenridge beers that we put out there. It's, it's such a shame that's the last tailgate. They were so close like, they see one of those games to flip. I guess the, the Chiefs are the only way you actually get the division win. But it would be so fun if we're sitting here right now talking about, like, yep. If, if, so if the Chiefs had lost, then you're saying, like, oh, if the Chargers beat them, Broncos yeah. are in with a win. Or if the Steelers hadn't come back to beat the Seahawks, you're saying, if the Jags just beat the Titans and the Ravens beat the Steelers, or the Titans beat the Jags, Ravens beat the Steelers, they're right in it. And that sucks. But uh, that was the last tailgate of the year because the stupid Chiefs came back from a 10-point <laughs> deficit. Um, and that means that your only way to get Breckenridge beers will be to go to the bar, 
or to King Supers or just about anywhere else around here because they're just about everywhere. Um, if you want to see where you can get Breckenridge beers, go to breckbrew.com, use the beer locator, you just put in your zip code, um, you click on which beer you want, and it'll tell you where the closest place to get it is. Or you can just not click any of the boxes. It'll tell you all the Breckenridge beers near you. They're everywhere across the country. So go to breckbrew.com and find a Breck beer near you. Based off of not just what's happened this past week, but everything that's happened since Sean Payton took this job, what would you... What would a bystander say the relationship is between Russ and Sean? Uh, just looking at the optics and uh, understanding the dynamic, I would say it's not perfect. It's not a, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a positive one. No, yeah. certainly not. I'd I, go even further and say it's probably not a very good one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Considering uh, two weeks ago, we saw Sean just chewing Russ out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I, I'm saying from, from, from mm-hmm. a... Uh, far away standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Pr- I would at least say it's probably not a good one. See, I would say just like normal work relationship. Like they're not like best friends. They don't dislike each other. Like I think like yelling on the sideline, like that just comes with the territory when it comes to football. How many times did coach yell at you, Todd? Never. I never did anything wrong. No, just, <laughs> oh boy. There no, we go. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of yelling in practice. So I had a really good linebacker coach to like just let you play on. Sundays, okay. like even if you messed up, he'll just like show you something on the paper and then kind of just walk away. Um, and then he yell at you in the meeting room, there and yell you at you at practice. So definitely had uh, some back and forth and some yelling. Would you say you have like a bad relationship with him? No, great relationship. Exactly, great relationship. So you have a great relationship and you're still getting yelled at. Like I, to me, like from the well, outside, Todd, like Todd did, not, Todd did not say he was getting yelled at on game day. On the not on game day, uh, yeah, not, not on game, game day. day. But like that's just a, it's just a thing that happens. Like it, that's that's how his coach addressed it. Like to me they have a very normal relationship between like a player and a coach. I wouldn't say there's anything that makes me think like good relationship, but there also isn't anything that makes me say like bad relationship. But I think between a hmm. quarterback and a head coach, it has to be a great relationship. Uh, that is fair. Mm. You need that, that to be a strong bond. Um, and even like, I love watching Harbaugh and um, uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm. Because you wouldn't yeah. know they had a great dynamic, but just how many times he comes to the sidelines, like, hey, Lamar, what you want to do? You want to go for it right now? Or you want to, <laughs> all right, let's punt it. Lamar wants to, like, it's a yeah. great working mm-hmm. relationship and they have a good understanding with one another. Um, and I just don't feel like that's the case right now with Russell and Sean. Yeah, just off the top of my head, I can't think of another head coach that has screamed at a franchise quarterback. No. I don't think there's a time. I wonder if Belichick did with Brady. Um, well, they I say it, all the time in practice, in, in, all yeah, the time. in yeah. meetings and stuff. Yeah. I don't know about during a game. I don't think Sean. Uh, no videos have come out of Sean doing this to Drew Brees, uh-huh. and there's been what two, three weeks for videos to come out of yeah. this happening. But and that's then, a great relationship. So that that's yeah. why I say I don't think it's a very good one. Yeah, um, and, and Henry, it's fair that, that you take the other side, but I personally don't think it is. Mm-hmm. And so after the game. Sean was asked about his relationship and just kind of circling back on everything that happened. Um, let's let's hear what Sean had to say because I think it's interesting. Um, hey, Sean, since we spoke to you Friday before Russell Wilson spoke, what did you think of his comments about how there apparently was a benching threatened? And did you know anything about that? Since I would imagine I uh, a, co- it, a coach is responsible you, for benching. Yeah, you, you asked that question on Friday. I think I answered it pretty well. And so... Um, when the season ends and you have questions specific to all of that, I wasn't privy to the dialogue, but you'll be able to ask the appropriate people. Um, Russ has been fantastic this week. Um, and he's, look, 
I think th this idea that um, he and I, or we don't have a good relationship, or he's not the fit, all of that stuff, I think, comes from people further away from our program. You guys are close to it. So the, I think the further away people are from the program, the more they just jump to a narrative, and it's, um, it is what it is. So, you know, but he, he's, uh, he's approached this week like we expected, like a pro, and, uh, and yeah, that's it. And so, um, any other questions? So I have no doubts that Russ has approached this past week like a total pro, been uh -huh. fantastic to yeah. Jarrett, um, and, and handled himself uh, great. I don't believe Sean saying that he and Russ have a great relationship. I, I kind of, okay, I guess I'll play Devin's advocate real okay. quick. Mm -hmm. I can feel like you can't do what I need you to do, but it doesn't mean I have to hate you. Sure. Yeah. Like, we can be... I don't have to like feel like I can't stand this guy. I want him gone. Like, yeah. but at the same time, I know like, honestly, man, like for us to be successful, you're probably not the fit. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean I can't stand you, and I just want to see you do bad. Mm -hmm. But I actually, but we can have an understanding in that regard. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe that's what we see, and it's not that he necessarily like hates Russ. Hates him as a person. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. hate him as a person. Right. He just yeah. knows he can't totally do what fair. he wants him to do. Um, and like I said, if you have a quarterback and a head coach, it can't just be a okay or somewhat good relationship exactly. it has to be a fantastic relationship in order for you guys to be successful exactly that's where i'm at where it's like i don't think they're going out and like playing golf together no like like i don't think they're like not even same course <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> but again like you see drew Brees come into broncos practices yeah like that's just not how that right. goes like and again like it takes time to build that relationship as well to me it's like they i don't think that they're like going to meetings to get like sean's like Saying like, oh, and Russ, you're gonna have to like. I'm sure they get along just great. Like, I'm sure they joke around. I'm sure they have like a generally good time. Like, they spend a lot of time together. But I don't think that they're like. I don't know if it's they're joking around or no? hanging out yeah. there. I just think you know it's business, and we're both here. And I'm not gonna say anything to like be rude or mean or demeaning. Yeah. But I'm not gonna like, hey, uh, how's here doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not that either. Okay, so. I, I totally see where both of you guys are. I probably lean more where you are, yeah. Todd. And I think it is fair to say that um, Sean doesn't necessarily hate Russell Wilson uh -huh. as a person and has no relationship with him at all. But very clearly, the working relationship, For sure. or at least the mm -hmm. dynamic of Russ being the starting quarterback, has completely diminished. That's been very clear to me over mm. these past six, six days. Yeah. I mean, even further than that. It did not seem like Russ fit what Sean wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then Sean made it very clear by benching him for Jared Stidham. Yep. But, and mm -hmm. why the headline of this show is, is there any chance Russell Wilson can be back next year? Is two reasons. One, the dead cap implications of moving on from Russ are so drastic yep. that no team has ever done a move like this before just because of how much it would kill a team. So there's that to keep in mm -hmm. mind. And then the second thing, Ian Rappaport, a national guy, one of the guys that Sean was kind of pointing to, a national guy who's farther away from the situation. Yep. Sean was discrediting those type of people. But Ian Rappaport, the second biggest national reporter outside of Adam Schefter when it comes to the NFL, put out a very detailed article this past week uh, on Sunday. And one of the things it said was it's 
not a guarantee at all that Russ is not back next year. In fact, Russ could be back next year if he's their best option mm. at quarterback. And so if Ian Rappaport's putting that out there, we got to talk about it. Is there any chance of that happening? I think strictly for the money. It's not because of anybody's performance. Mm-hmm. It's not because of anybody's relationship. It's literally a financial thing. Uh, it's funny saying, you know, sometimes they say it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a good situation we might be in right yeah. now. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't necessarily think it's the best fit. But if it has implications three or four years from now to where we're still going to be in a rebuilding phase further down the line, ah, might have to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. there's a lot that goes into it. Like, it's easy to say, like, Stidham looked just as good as Russ and he's that much cheaper. But the thing is, you don't save that much money. Like, if, if you cut him instead of keeping him, you save no money next year. You save about $6 million the year after that. And then at that point, you would cut him just because of the way the money works. Um, and then you'd pay another $18 million, then $12 million after. Um, so you, you have like $6 million saving or $6 million savings, 18 then 12 after next year. And so it is like a substantial amount of money. I do think that like there's no chance he comes back. Like the, it's you've already benched him. Like if he does come back, you're probably making him the backup quarterback. It's a toxic situation. Yeah. Um, you already have Stidham on the roster. So like you also have to factor in that you're probably not carrying three quarterbacks. You wouldn't think so you're cutting him and that costs you a few, few million dollars. If, if you move on, maybe you just run it back with Russ and Stidham, but that just seems unlikely. I think at this point, like I just don't see a path forward. Um, I just don't see a way. I don't see any world in which Sean Payton says, actually, yeah, Russ, we had it all right with you. And over the course of the next three years, we'll give you another 37 million bucks. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I, I don't see it. The, the financials are awful, but the Broncos have made this move by benching Russ of pretty much saying yeah. we're willing to take this. And Sean talked about it a little bit yesterday when asked about some of his comments about um, when he was asked specifically, you said you wanted to spark by, by benching Russ and bringing uh-huh. Jared Stedham mm-hmm. back. You wanted to see improvement. And he said, the comments last week were a sum total of 15 games. And yeah. yet there were some things I was really encouraged about yesterday. Certainly, if we're going to measure week by week, man, you'd say, man, we scored under 20 points. That wasn't enough. We missed on opportunities in the red zone, but we weren't, sa- and, but we were safe with the football. Certainly, we look forward to this next game. But that was a stretch. That was a long stretch of 15 weeks where we've seen a very similar pattern. I think that'll change. I made the decision to move with Stidham with the hopes that it's going to help bring change. There's no guarantee that it does, but in the meantime, it's something that I felt was necessary. Sean didn't just point to one thing about uh-huh. Russ. He mm-hmm. essentially said it's 15 games yeah. mm-hmm. of things that that weren't going in the right direction. Um, and so I just think mm-hmm. it's – I don't think there's any chance – that Russell Wilson's back. The cap stuff, they're going to have to get very, um, very manipulative mm-hmm. about. They're, Todd, they're going to be asking tons of guys, hey, you want to restructure? Yep. You want uh, some money started. up front? <laughs> I won't say any names, but I definitely have some friends <laughs> be approached like, hey, uh, you know, next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll see what Can't happens. that turn out to be actually restructures a good thing for players? Because it just Ooh. typically it means a lot of money up front. The sometimes, the, sometimes. yeah. So like the sometimes. simple restructure where you just say, like, "Hey, court, we owe you fourteen million dollars next year." 
if if we just give that all to you as a signing bonus right now and then give you the vet minimum over the course of year, so it's like 13 million right now, then a million in game checks, uh-huh. then they get to split that 13 million dollars over the next like three years. Right. Like that one's good for the team. If you're saying, hey, good for the player too. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. yeah. in that, in like the simple restructure, they just get the money up front. You get cap relief. Right. In the like, you know, Tim Patrick situation, where you say, Tim, you season-ending injuries, back-to-back years. Like we're on the hook for ten million bucks next year. We just can't pay you that. If if you want to come back, we'd love to have you back. We got to reduce that down to like three million bucks though, because we just can't trust that you're going to be healthy. That's a very different conversation because yep. that's just a pay cut. Well, and exactly, and those yeah. are two different things, sure. which we're definitely since the Bronx are going to be doing a lot of those this year. We got to make sure that restructure. Uh-huh. At least when I say restructure, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the let's give you a big signing bonus so we can spread that out cap hit wise over yeah. the next many years. And then there's just straight pay cuts too. Yeah, and I feel like. We more we may go down the route of pay cuts more because of how much money we have to pay Russ. Because if we pay him all that money and then just front load everybody's contract, mm-hmm. then we're just out more money in the same yeah. year. Um, so there have been mentions of pay cuts. I won't say anybody's mm-hmm. name. But, um, but at the same time, if I'm a player and you're asking me to make a pay cut, okay, if I'm coming to play, if I'm playing with Peyton and I know we're going to the Super Bowl next year, I'll take mm-hmm. a pay cut because it's worth it. If we're blowing this whole thing up and we don't know how successful we're going to be next year, mm-hmm. I got to keep the money I got because there's no guarantee exactly. that I go to another team, make more money, or that we have anything here that makes me successful to earn more money in the next year. I can't restructure or yep. take a pay cut. I kind of got to lock into what I have you know, in my contract right now. And that's where the team says, okay, so say it's like $5 million bucks. So we say you're making $5 million, We want to get that down to $3 million. What the math comes down to is like, okay, then cut me. Let me hit free agency because I can go get that five million somewhere else. So for the Broncos to be able to go in there with any sort of power, they have to be able to say, "You're not going to get this on the open market," you know. And and, and that seems just from like looking through everything quickly. I'm curious who they could even say that to. You know, when you say like, "Hey, DJ Jones, for example, we owe you ten million bucks next year." We don't think you're going to get $10 million on the open market, so you have to accept our pay cut. I think he does just go get $10 million bucks on the open market. And, and I just don't see a lot of names where you just say, hey, you're not going to get this money anywhere else, so you might as well just take the pay cut. When what limits it, too, is you can only do this with players that don't have guaranteed money For sure. Anymore, That's the, yeah, exactly. Too. So uh, Tim Patrick's probably the biggest one that yep. you look and you say, yeah, after back-to-back season-ending injuries where he hasn't played – he probably, the Broncos do have some leverage there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one guy where you're saving $5 million yep. to. And we'll get into all the moves that the Broncos mm-hmm. have to Big make because there's a ton if they move on. From yeah. Them. And then I guess the final thing they could do is go to a guy like Mike McGlinchey and say, hey, we owe you $15 million bucks next year. Your guaranteed money runs out after next year. We can throw in like a little bit more guaranteed 2025 money and give you a little bit more insurance that you're going to be around and give you that money kind of down the line if you take this pay cut right now. So that that's, right. I guess, the kind of the final thing. Right, right, yeah, right. It's going to be an interesting offseason because Sean really likes that sort of stuff. Oh, he uh, loves pushing things down the line. He does. When it comes to the cap, just look at the New Orleans Saints. They're uh, in a tough cap situation after Sean left, and so that's why I don't think most coaches would have benched Russ and uh-huh. said, we're just going to move on from him. But Sean is not most coaches. He's going to do it his way, and that's that's why I think. So let, let's wrap this conversation up with this question because Russ also said, 
I want to stay in Denver. He mm-hmm. mentioned yeah. that multiple times, and he said, I genuinely mean that. I want to stay in Denver. So maybe the only situation I see Russ coming back is if he were to take a massive pay cut. But Russ is guaranteed $30, $40 million. Guaranteed. If he drops that to $5 million, yeah. I see Russ coming back for mm-hmm. one year, potentially competing mm-hmm. with the rookie. Why would Russ pass up on $35 million? He's not going to do that. Even if he wants to be here, he's not going to do that. So the question, what percent chance would you say Russ is back next year? Uh, I say, what's, what's the Broncos' chances to make the playoffs before the game? 5%. Five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a 5% chance Russ comes back. Yeah. And going back to your point about him saying he genuinely wants to be here, He's playing, y'all. Like, there's no <laughs> way. Your first year was horrible. The second year you get benched. What makes you want to stay in this place? Like, uh, if it's me, I got to get the hell out of here. Like, there got to be better for me somewhere else than this. Like, there's no way he honestly wants to come back. Like, yep. from the drama that's happened this week to all the media wanting to bench him last week. I mean, last year, like, it's been nothing but trauma since he's been here. Yeah. He's had a losing record. It hasn't been successful. I like, that's like on a, on a personal level. Right. What would really make you want to be here, man? Like, yeah. there's no way. I mean, since, like, week one of last season, what, there's probably been, like, 500 days since then. He's had, what, like, maybe, like, 15 good days. And just, like, all, like, 485 just... Terrible, terrible days. It's like, Russell Wilson. Every like, day is good, though, Henry. Uh, uh, With Russell, that positive yeah. attitude. Yeah, I mean, when you're getting that game check every week, I guess maybe. Yeah, it, it's just so hard when he stands there, though, and he's, like, fighting back tears, saying, I just want to be in Denver. Like, I love Denver. I love my teammates. I, mean, I love these guys here. so badly. Like, we he's have, a, like, a house here. I want to be here. I want to win. Like, I'm not buying that yeah. one. It's like you didn't buy you're right. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not yeah. buying that right. man. You are right. no way. Yeah, I'll say, I mean, I guess you can't say it's impossible, so, like, one percent, less than one percent. There's there. I guess there's technically a chance, but he's not. So he's what not are you going back. with? Uh, call it one percent. Easier to put on a graphic. I'm going point one percent chance <laughs> yeah. because I think That's the only fair. way he's here is if he takes a massive pay cut, yeah. not restructure, pay cut. Yes. And again, why would you do that? No if reason. you sign a contract that yep. says you are going to get forty million dollars, and the only way that you're not going to get that is if you sign another contract saying, I'm not going to get that, why would you do that? Yeah. Especially with how bad things have gone, you don't want to be here again. You want to be paid to leave, Mm -hmm. and then you can go sign to be a starter somewhere else, and that team's going to pay you a vet minimum, but you're getting paid by the Broncos anyway. So it's kind of like a perfect world for both him and his new team. So I just I don't see it happening. And I think we're going to see a couple more articles and a couple more reports come out nationally over the next two months saying maybe there's a chance, maybe there's something in place just for the Broncos to have leverage, try to have leverage over this situation. But there's no leverage. When you sign an awful deal, you just kind of have to eat that and then move on. It's funny because... If they cut him and truly cut him and they're going to have to pay him his money, I bet you he makes more than Invent Minimum next year. I bet he gets at least a Jared Stidham kind of See, mm. but the thing is, so the way the contract works, it's offset. So, so like, the Broncos, well, let me double check. So, he has a guaranteed $17 million salary next year. Uh-huh. So, Broncos give him that 17 If a new team gives him $5 million, then they only give that him goes 12. down to twelve. Okay. And so, that's why he's going to go to a new uh, team. So, then, yeah, yeah, it, yeah okay. And the Broncos are going to pay the, yeah. 
And so it's, it just makes sense. So like he can he can just take the same amount of money. He can take basically the same contract and just go play play for Mike Tomlin, who loves this style of football. He isn't the Sean, and Sean Payton like. Yeah, we're gonna scheme all these guys up 15 yards downfield, and we're just gonna go and go and go. It's like no, we're gonna play great defense for 60 minutes, 58 minutes. We're gonna be down 13-7. Russ, that's your time to shine, <laughs> and that's where he shines. Like so it's the, just, the uh, only reason that uh, Russ would get more than the vet men is if he were to get more than 17 million yep. from a team. If okay. there's like a bidding war, right? Because then he would. Which so what's going to happen is Russ is going to get cut. He's going to sign for a one-year vet minimum deal with yep. the team as a prove-it year for him, kind mm-hmm. of. And then if he does well, then he'll probably yep. go out. He's not signing a five-year 250, but he'll sign a no. <laughs> two-year $100 million yep. dollar deal or something like that with the team. I don't like those I don't like those little caveats. It's, to so, bad. Because, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> because the way I thought and the way I thought my agent was telling me is that my final year of my deal, I had 500000 that the Broncos – were going to give me uh-huh. or pay me um, if they cut me. And so they cut me and so I called my agent like, where's the check? And they was like, oh, no, it was like they guaranteed that you would make 500000 in this year. So the moment oh, I went to the Vikings yeah. and made more, they didn't have to give damn. me anything. Oh, I was like, I was just damn. sat at home and collected <laughs> exactly. a check. Like, exactly. I got my body right, maybe wait till next year. Exactly. I, I, yeah. yeah, I don't like that. Oh, that, that is Especially if you don't know, that's terrible. Right. I don't like that's that. how like all those college co- uh, coach contracts work too. So like if you get so many coaches that are fired, but the whole contract is generally guaranteed. Uh-huh. And so they have the offset language too, but then there's another clause. And that other clause is you have to try to find a job. Mm. So like you can't, you can't just sit at home. And so all these coaches will be like, Hey, I'm going to go like take these two interviews. And I'm going to yeah. half ass it. Yeah. And then I'm going to go sit at home. So at least like if it goes to court, I can say, Oh, I tried. Like, right. look, I took this flight. I interviewed, I brought my papers with me, but it, I mean, tried to get a job. Yeah. Or, or it's like if you're fired at Western Kentucky or something yeah. like that. Well, you apply for the Alabama head coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to get it, but exactly. you tried to get a <laughs> exactly. job there. So you go way above. And, and Todd, to, because you brought up your situation, someone in the comments earlier said, um, Todd, have you ever restructured or, or taken a pay cut? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have that in me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need my money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, it'd be different. I mean, obviously, like you did well, like second contract, all uh-huh. that sort of stuff. You're, you'd never signed five years, $242 million. And I, I feel like I worked too hard to get there. Exactly. Like, I yeah. played on my rookie deal for two years as a starter before I ever got another yes. paycheck. So yeah. now that I finally am getting good money, no, 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 no. We're not exactly. restructuring anything. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You're paying me that damn money. You got, I got some back pay. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. And that's why when teams cut players, it's – more often than not, when their guaranteed money is done. That's yep. why when a deal, mm-hmm. if you look at a deal, um, and it's five years, $250 million, uh-huh. with 160 guaranteed, okay, it's really a three-year deal, exactly. because likely mm-hmm. that $160 million will be in the first three years of the deal. Yep. It's a three-year $160 million mm-hmm. deal. Rarely, and Kirk Cousins was the only quarterback, I think, that's at least signed a big deal, uh-huh. where it's fully, fully guaranteed. guaranteed. Yep. But his deal wasn't five years, two hundred fifty million. It was mm-hmm. three years, a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. So he could have essentially signed a five-year, hundred and sixty million dollar deal, yep. and it would have been the exact same as the three-year, hundred million dollar deal. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk a lot about money moving forward because this offseason, it's gonna be like no other team in the history of the NFL in terms of the number of deals this Broncos team is gonna have to make 
to deal with Russell Wilson's contract. Yeah. that's what, To me, it's like... So they said last year, like, this isn't going to be an every year thing, spending this much money on free agents and all that stuff. This who, year... Who said that? Uh, was it Sean saying that the, the owners said that we're not doing this? No, it... Was what Greg the Fenner owners, himself? Did the owners yeah. say that? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Greg Fenner, the one writing the check, said, "We're not spending 250 million every offseason." <laughs> exactly. Just so you know, Sean. And exactly. so that, it kind of makes sense because you're going to cut Russ this year, as probably 99% chance, and you're not like spending real money. You're just taking cap hits, like you're spending cap money to to get rid of Russ this year. And so you're not really going to have the opportunity to go out and sign free agents anyway. You're just going to wind up with like Pat gets a new deal. Quinn gets a new deal, and that's kind of that's kind of the spending. Yep. Do you ever feel like the ownership feels like, uh, why the hell did we do this? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Do they feel like they've made a good investment and like they're just waiting to see it come to fruition, or is it just like, who signed us up for this? Like we have done nothing but pour money into this, and it hasn't worked out, and we're gonna have to do it again this off season. I do believe sixteen ish months ago. They spend four and a half billion dollars in cash mm-hmm. of their own money to buy this team. They think it's going to be probably the coolest thing in the yep. world. And then they had one of the most embarrassing seasons yep. of all time. Had to fire the coach they inherited within just a couple of months. Then they go out and they make this hundred million dollar signing in Sean Payton, who's yep. supposed to be this great thing. And then you lose by 50 points in week three. Ooh. You start one in five. And now you're going to be moving on from the quarterback that you thought you were inheriting as like this awesome piece moving forward. Yep. Yeah, maybe owning a team isn't as fun as it seems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds stressful right now. I will say, if I was in their shoes though, like you have to remember, like they have plenty of billions of dollars. Like, but you never want to. No, lose. you never want to. You never want to. But I'm sure they're frustrated. But to me, this would be kind of like a game. Like, I mean, it is a literal game. Like, it's football. And, and to me, it'd be like, okay, we got to find a way to go do this. And I'm sure there's, like, times when you're just like, how the hell are we ever going to do this? Like, it's going to be another two, three years before we get out of, like, the Russell, paying Russell era. And that really sucks. But when that's out, like, we got to find a way. It's almost, it's almost like a video game at that point. And, like, last year, despite all the contracts and stuff, Forbes estimated the Broncos brought in, like, a $100 million profit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're still, like, making money. Could you have, like, invested that money somewhere else and gotten a bigger profit? I don't know because I don't think about where you spend your billions of dollars. I will say, like, it's probably frustrating. It's probably disappointing, like, the highs and lows and all that. But it would also be just, like, a lot of fun to be like, okay, we're going and getting Sean Payton. We're going to find, like, a rookie. Like, we are winning a Super Bowl here before I die. And that's kind of, like, how you live out the rest of your life. I think you're right about that. I just think they probably thought it was going to be a lot more fun yeah. in this first year sure. easier. because of Russ. Yeah. Like, Definitely. you have a franchise quarterback, Oh yeah, and then it just hasn't been. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com bluewire 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And that way, we got two Super Chats hit really quick. Andrew coming in and says, Gotta disagree with Hank uh, on Stiddy looking the same as Russ. First right. half with Stiddy, double the yardage of Russ ever had in a first yeah. half. And no three and outs. Mm. Yep. And then what happened in the second half? Then all of a sudden it all balanced out to the exact same thing. Again, <laughs> like it's different because you're different game situations, all that sort of stuff. You know, Russ, the, the Broncos, I guess, coming into this week, I'm not sure what this week did. The Broncos had the best fourth quarter passer rating or second best fourth quarter passer rating in the NFL behind the 49ers. They're the only teams over 100 passer rating in the fourth quarter. So you're like, would you? The first half was really good. Broncos have struggled a little bit in first halves. And then you get to like the two-minute drills, and that's where Russ shines. It's a different arc, I would say, between if you just look start of the game to end of the game. To me, you got about the same thing. A different path, but the same mm-hmm. result. Yeah. Well, So what you're saying is Jared Stidham first three quarters, then Russ in the fourth quarter. I would even give Russ the two-minute <laughs> drill at the end of the first half the as well. How about yeah. it? Yeah. And last one coming in from Kurt says, would Oh, we got another one after. He says, would you trade two first-round picks, a third, and Pat Sertan for a top three draft pick? Asking for a comment. GM's over here. LOL. I never trade generational talent for any prospect. Go Broncos. In the chat today, there's been a lot of talk about, do you trade PS2? And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of talk of that this offseason. I saw, I mean, ESPN just put up like a big story, and I... the tease, the headlines of this, it's more about like the whole Bears situation and fields and all that sort of stuff. But what they teased was personnel people around the NFL are saying, like, you look at what the Panthers gave up to trade up for Bryce Young mm-hmm. last year. This year is going to cost way more than that. Yep. It's going to cost way more to get up to number one for Caleb Williams than it did for Bryce Young. So the idea that you just take that trade and say, this is how it does, uh, this is how it works. Not the truth. Mm. Um, if to answer the question though, do I trade? What was it? Two firsts, a third, and Pat? Yep. Nah. You got you. I am done trading first round picks, future yeah. picks to move up. Like you have done so much, and that's why you're in this problem. To me, like if you gave Russ, you you put Russ on the 49ers. 49ers are still a great team. 49ers are still Super Bowl contender. You put Russ on the 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 Ravens. They aren't as good as they are, of course. They're still a lot better than the Broncos are right now. Like. Yes, there's a quarterback problem. There's also a problem with overall talent because you have three first-round draft picks on the entire freaking roster. Like, you can't keep trading future picks. Now, they might still do it, and I honestly think they will do it. But to me, no. You need more talent. You need more talent. Caleb Williams isn't coming in and just solving all your problems. You're, you're probably just going to get even worse next year. You know, you look at Jarrett Siddham's pass rating last week, 93.8. There has been one rookie quarterback in the last three years who has had that pass rating or better over the course of their entire rookie season. Odds are what you got from Stidham last week is better than what you're getting from a rookie last year. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Like 95% chance that's the case. Only CJ Stroud's the exception. Yeah. So like you're getting worse at quarterback next year, and I think that's almost undeniable at this point. Don't get rid of more assets to get worse. You're going to be very disappointed, Henry, because they're yep. going to trade a lot of assets <laughs> I think this so year too. in order I think so to too. get a quarterback. And we got one more that we got to hit really quick, but don't worry. 
We're really going to get into rookie yeah. quarterbacks tomorrow. So make sure to stay tuned. 11 a.m. And final one coming in from Tanner says, did the offense look the same? Because how realistic was it anyway for Sean to open up his 9,000 play playbook for one week to show his true offense? So we kind of did a little buy or sell. Do you believe this or not believe this, Todd? Um, tell me if you buy or sell what Sean said yesterday about the playbook um he was asked if he had to have a more condensed playbook because that was jared Siddham's first uh first game this year and he said that's kind of overblown how much you can open up a playbook mm -hmm. how you do a playbook is typically week by week yep. and yep. you build it around your opponent and uh, that determines which plays you go to which plays you don't in terms of having an entire playbook open for a quarterback on a week-to-week -week basis isn't really how it works. Is that is that right? That's 100% true. Uh, I think even on the defensive side of the ball, you go through training camp and you put in installs every single night. And it could be anywhere from like 10 to 20 plays a night. And then you kind of just get comfortable with them. And then as the season progresses, you pull things out that you've ran in training camp to mm -hmm. kind of like expand your playbook, but you don't run all of it mm. um, at once. I mean, going into mm -hmm. a game, we may have 20 plays total. Mm -hmm. We have a backlog of 120 plays, mm -hmm. but we kind of pick and choose week to week what we feel like will be best. So I think that's, I buy it. Yeah. It's not like Madden where your playbook is like, you've got, <laughs> you have like your 400 plays and those are your 400 plays and you just pull them out willy nilly. But how it many, but even in Madden, how many do you run? I only run about uh, 15 plays. I have uh, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I run like I'm, three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can run quite a few. This okay. Madden League gets me going. Like, I picked out. So there's like a 500 play maximum in a Madden playbook. That's crazy. I picked every single one of them individually, and I know when I need them. You got too much oh time. Oh my on your God. Hands. That is yeah. insane. <laughs> Do you know what the worst thing is? So my girlfriend's going to be in Arizona this week for work. And so I'm actually in bye week on Madden. Mm. And so these couple of days before we leave for Vegas, and she will be gone. I don't even have a Madden game to play. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe study up on these rookie quarterbacks because yeah, we're going to be Monday. talking about them tomorrow. Is Michael Penix the front runner to be the Broncos quarterback? We're going to get into tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hit it with a thumbs up on your way out. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 a.m.